Biscuits against Tennessee? No, surely not. There's no way Carolina dropped 100 points on the best defense in the nation. But they did. And it's all because the Tar Heels were tough enough. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Thursday, November 30th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host and joined today with that festive Christmas tree in the background for those of you who are watching, Coach Bill Robinson, the head coach of the Milligan University Buffaloes. And we want to thank you everydayers for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch to get your team every day. If you want to have more conversation with us about Locked on Tar Heels, we'd love for you to hop in the Locked on Tar Heels Discord. Uh, this thing is continuing to grow. I mean, during the game last night, I, I think there were like 500 some messages that came through. It was wild. People were going nuts. And then, of course, everyone stuck around to cheer on the Razorbacks as they were knocking off Duke. So it was awesome. We'd love for you to join us. The link is in the show notes. Hey, coming up on the show today, we're going to look at our Four Corners recap, the shady stat of the game. Want to talk about some specific players and specific things that went really well. But coach, where I want to go first this morning uh, on the show is I, I legitimately thought that this was the best, the first half of this game, Carolina's up 61 to 39 at the half, was the best 20 minutes of basketball Carolina has played in the regular season, at least under Coach Davis. And it was all, in my opinion, because they were tough enough against Tennessee. We had asked that question on yesterday's show. Are they tough enough? And not only were they, they didn't just match Tennessee's toughness. I thought they exceeded it in those 20 minutes, and that's what allowed them to race out to this lead. What, with your coaching eyes, did you see that allowed Carolina to out-Tennessee Tennessee? Yeah, I think one of the big things we've talked about with our team this year is be bold. And they were just bold last night. They just, and then we talk about, hey, you want to throw the first punch? They, they definitely did that. But it was the pace. It was the, I don't think Tennessee expected them to, you know, even after a make, pass, pass, shot. And then uh, just looking at, in a stat we can't look at right now, but uh, how quickly they got that first shot attempt uh, in the first half. It was under five seconds consistently. And, and they didn't even have time to get set defensively. And that's the being bold, that courageous, that tough, just being able to attack somebody. And I don't think anybody's attacked Tennessee like that this year. And uh, it was great to see. And I think it's something that we've talked about an awful lot with the pace of play, the tempo. And uh, hopefully it's something that will uh, will continue on as we uh, get, get closer to, uh, to conference play. Coach, it was the first half, 1.6 points per possession. Are you kidding? I mean, that's ridiculous for the game even as it leveled out in the second half still we're at 1.389 for the game so I mean just that that offensive onslaught was was ridiculous and what what I thought was so encouraging is that while the offense was doing that I thought the defense was doing everything they needed to do too now the second half Dalton Connect got unhinged and just went bonkers man I mean that's you just tip your hat and say what what are you gonna do He's he's probably putting his name on NBA draft boards at this point. But Carolina, I thought, had defensive urgency from the tip. And you saw it 
like in the first two possessions, Carolina was connected, doing what they needed to do. They were, they, they were getting tips. You had pokeaways, both from Harrison Ingram and somebody else that I'm not even remembering who it was right now, but guys like Jalen Washington getting on the floor after balls. So I thought the, the defensive intensity matched that offensive intensity that you're talking about. Yeah, I thought Seth was in. He was great. We talk about energy all the time, too. But uh, he, he was, you know, offensive rebounds, on the floor diving, uh, attacking the rim. And uh, just to have that extra guy coming off the bench with energy, uh, is it's contagious. It makes those other guys want to get on the floor and, and take a charge and, and, and play defense and do all the little things it takes to win. So I think that's, that's it, it, it's momentum. And once the momentum gets yeah. rolling like that, uh, it just gives energy for everybody to, uh, to step up their game. Coach, I mean, is is it realistic for to think about a group of 18 to 22-year-olds being able to do that game in and game out? Like, are you able to, to get that level of engagement, or is this just a heightened level because of the context, because of the team? Like, like does that make sense? Yeah, it is, and I think it's a coaching thing. I think it's something you got to talk about, you have to emphasize. The kids are going to do what you emphasize. So if, if you make it a point of emphasis that you're going to, hey, we need to have lots of energy, uh, it is hard to you know, sustain over a 30, 35-game season. But uh, I think the crowd had a lot to do with it last night. Uh, the whiteout was awesome. And then to have the, the whole team in white, too, it just looked, it looked really cool. And, uh, but to, to have that type of, uh, of, of effort like that, even that can be contagious for next game. And mm. the momentum can last a possession. It can last a half. But it can also last a week or two weeks, and sometimes it could last a season. So if you yeah. get guys on a roll and everybody's feeling feeling good about themselves, uh, I, I think you can see that continue to, uh, to trend in the right direction. Well, and I think that's part of the edge that guys like Cormac brings that, you know, like uh, that that Harrison Ingram has brought uh, in, in sort of a different way than Cormac Ryan, but still that edge where it's like, I don't think they're going to allow the team to slack off in those ways like their extensions of the coaching staff in that way I mean similar to we think about Brady Manick a couple years ago who had no problem keeping his teammates accountable I think I've said it multiple times I think that's part of what was missing last year was that kind of person and I think they've got that this year and so I think uh, we're going to see it over and over and over again so we'll see what it looks like Saturday when they take the floor again against Florida State with it um, coach one of the things I thought was so interesting is we saw in Atlantis multiple times last week where Carolina would get a, a nine point first half lead or a multiple, you know, a double digit first half lead and then not be able to hold it. Sometimes it was cause like, I can't remember whether it was Villanova or Arkansas, but, but Mondo and RJ were both on the bench with foul trouble in this game. I was asking that same question. All right, here comes this first half lead. Can they extend it? Can they keep it and not let Tennessee take a halftime lead? Well, then it turns into this thing where they're, Tennessee hadn't given up more than 35 points in the first half all season. Carolina got there with nine minutes to go in the first half. It was the um, largest halftime deficit that Tennessee has faced in the Rick Barnes era. It was just the game in totality was just the second time under Rick Barnes that Tennessee has given up 100 points. So, coach, did you notice anything different? Uh, from this game as opposed to last week that allowed Carolina to not only sustain the lead, but extend it? I think you go through experiences. And I think the whole time they're sitting there, now they're up eight. All right. And like, hey, we've done this before. We can't let them come back. And then then they're up 15. And hey, we still can't. They just didn't take their foot off the pedal. And, and the accelerator was down the whole first half. And I think they 
have learned from the experiences of having a couple games like that where they got a lead and teams came back and then they just said, hey, this is just not going to happen tonight. Not now, not in our building, not at, you know, <laughs> at, in ACC, SEC Challenge. Just, it's too big of a game to, to let us have a letdown. And uh, I think a, a big part of it is the bench guys. I think the bench guys play really well and really hard, and they're the ones that really make the difference. Like you said, when there's a, 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 a sub because of being tired or a sub because of foul trouble, now all of a sudden you got guys coming in and saying, hey, we're going to help push this lead out more. I think that was the big factor last night. That was the big difference. And, uh, I mean, looking back at the box score, Carolina doubled up Tennessee in bench points, 26 to 13. Obviously, it helped having Cormac coming off the bench instead of starting. But, um, you know, Seth Trimble had four. Actually, back-to-back possessions, Seth Trimble scored. It was a nice little cut to the hoop there. And uh, Jalen Washington had seven himself. And so that that was really good. Uh, Coach, it's funny. We're talking about the players being tough enough. One of the things that I feel like we're seeing a lot of growth in is Coach Davis's X's and O's in-game and him being tough enough. One of my disappointments in the Villanova loss was that Carolina was content to let the Wildcats keep running that ISO ball with Eric Dixon, with Justin Moore, and were, I don't know if it was unwilling to do so or incapable of doing so, but never doubled, never really switched things up until the final minute of regulation. They finally doubled twice, and that did the trick. I was so, so pleased to see, like, hey, look, we're not just going to let Dalton Connect keep going off like this, and they made a commitment to consistently double him. Now, to Dalton Connect's credit, he didn't force things. He was a willing passer in those moments. But it's to the point, and, and I'm curious to hear your coaching philosophy on this, where I'm like, I would rather force somebody else to beat me. And so they got a couple threes off of that. But at, at that point, uh, I, I'm so pleased with, with Coach Davis's willingness to say, all right, let's get the ball out of his hands. What, what did you see in that? Did, did you feel like you were pleased with that decision? Yeah, I think sometimes it's stubbornness on the coaching staff's point. You know, they they have a, you know, a defensive philosophy or they may just have a confidence in, in, a, in a defender and say, hey, you know, we think he can play one on one instead of us having a double. Then comes the scrambling, then comes open threes. You know, yeah. And, and maybe we don't want to give that second option. So it's not just, um, you know, sometimes it's a philosophy. Sometimes it's a feeling and sometimes it's just confidence in your guys. And sometimes maybe we have more confidence in our guys to, defensively than we, we should. But I think. Um, you know, it is good to see them make adjustments and make big adjustments. And that's a big adjustment. That's a, um, a a radical change from what they normally like to do. You have to get the ball out of his hands at that point. You know, when, when he's, you know, 35, end up 37, I think. Um, you yep. got to get the ball out of his hands and make somebody else hurt you. And, and um, it's good to see that. And I think they'll continue to make some of those adjustments. And he was still learning this team. He's, he's said this numerous times. Every year is different. And even if you have the same team, it's different. Now they got a lot of different guys. So now it's it's widely different. So he's, you know, half a dozen games into the season or whatever, you're still trying to figure out exactly um, how guys perform in game, especially big games with the lights on, how they perform. So those little things um, are big things for him to be able to make some of those decisions. I think uh, I think it's important to, to see some of those changes go and, and uh, his maturing as a coach. And uh, I think it's just going to get better. Amen. I completely agree with that. And, and speaking of Dalton Connect, hopefully that ankle injury is not going to be too serious for him. I mean, he was just having an electric game, was getting ready to head to the free throw line to set a Smith Center rec- scoring record for an opponent. And so, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that and wasn't able to get back in. So, obviously, uh, we hope he's able to get back 
for Tennessee because now that Carolina's beaten them, we want them to win every game the rest of the season and continue to validate this win. Well, speaking of back, Armando made up for his kind of subpar games down in the Bahamas. Cormac Ryan's ankle was good enough to play. And, oh boy, Coach Elliot Cadeau, the nation is about to take notice of this young man. We're going to talk about these guys in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, from exhaust kits to LED headlights and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your vehicle every single time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Coach, I, I want to move from talking about the toughness of the team as a whole to talking about just a couple of the individual guys that did important things. Now. Uh, to be truthful, just about everyone that came into this game, I thought helped contribute in big ways. I thought the only guy that really kind of had a, a tough night was Jalen Withers, just kind of struggled a little bit, maybe a little overeager with his dribble. Um, but I, I, I want to really highlight four different individuals in particular. The first of which was Mondo. One of my critical keys to the game that I had mentioned was it's got to be a monster game from Mondo Baycott. And oh boy, was it? He was back with 22 points, 11 boards, still killing it at the free throw line. 10 of 13 in this game from the free throw line. Um, drew eight fouls on Tennessee, coach. That's insane to me. Continues to shoot above 80% from the free throw line. So, um, coach, what, what to you, as you watch with your coaching eyes, is the difference in the performance that we got out of Mondo Baycott down in the Bahamas and then what we saw on Wednesday night in the Dean Dome? Well, I, I wish we could figure out how one game guy can just have such energy and the next game he cannot. And they're, they're kids. Um, you know, some are, are not as young as others, but it's hard to figure out. But being home, I think, is a huge thing for him. Yeah, I think he feeds off that crowd, feeds off being in the, in the Smith Center. And it's just uh, it showed last night. He was very uh, determined. He was very quick to make decisions. He, he yes. really was uh, aggressive with the basketball. Um, love to see his decision making last night. I didn't think he forced a whole lot. I think he just he played within himself. And um, yeah, he made shots. He was very efficient from the floor, very efficient from the from the free throw line. And when he's like that, uh, it makes it really hard. Again, we just talked about it from the from the defense perspective with with Connect. But when you have him uh, making such great posts in their one on one, and then you have the guys making threes perimeter, it it forces the, the, the opponent to. They have to, you know, pick their poison. And uh, when he was, when he plays like that, I mean, he, uh, Carolina's going to be really, really good when he when he gets that going in the post. And uh, he just he was dominant last night. Really was, and, and so well said too about his decision making. Three assists, zero turnovers, coach. I mean, that's for Mondo to do that is if you'll you'll take that out of him every night of the week. Um, I, I was right with you about. Uh, 
Um, shot selection. There was one shot he took. I thought he forced it where he kind of ran into a couple defenders on the right baseline and still forced it up. But outside of that, he was he was snappy. He moved the ball quickly, was making quick moves with the ball. Love it. Great call. And to your point about efficiency from the field, yeah, six of eight from the floor. That I mean, good grief, Mondo. I mean, and you take that and add to it what everyone else is doing, and that's a recipe for success all the time. One of those other thing recipes to success was Cormac Ryan, who we talked about, thankfully was able to give it a go um, and played well. Had uh, 23 minutes off the, well, really 24 minutes off the bench. Um, still had 15 points, two of six from three. His three-point numbers still are not where he would like it, I know, and unfortunately fouled out in this game, which to my eye, and I'm curious your thought on it, was a product of him being a little rusty, not able to move at his usual fluidity, and so just wasn't able to, to guard or defend as well, not to mention most of his night was on Dalton Connect, and, and that's going to be a, a trouble for anybody. Um, but uh, the fact that he was out there, the things he was able to bring were critically important. And you, re I, what's interesting is I feel like I most notice his absence um, down the stretch where Carolina um, was going to have to salt the game away at the free throw line and he can't get in. That would have been a, a very important thing because you can get the really trust both he and RJ to get those late game free throws. Uh, Coach, what were you seeing from from Cormac as he was back following that having to miss the Arkansas game? Yeah, obviously he's not 100, percent and that did affect his defensive uh, you know effort last night, getting into foul trouble. But um, I believe in him. I believe in him big time when it comes to his three point shot. It's going to come. He's going to have one of those breakout games where he makes six or eight, and you know it's going to just click again. But uh, he's getting good shots. He's taking good shots. His form is great. There's nothing there mechanically that says he can't make shots. He's not off balance. I mean, he's he's going to have a big game, uh, and I think it's going to come soon. Uh, I am worried about the ankle, you know, because so much shooting comes from your base, comes from your feet, comes from your legs, and uh, hopefully they'll get – I mean, he's going to get the best treatment. He's going to get time to get it back as quickly as possible. So, And we've got some gaps in the schedule here, which will give us right. a couple days to get normal. So uh, I'm not worried about him in the very in the least. Uh, yeah. It was great to see uh, him back on the floor as quickly because you just never know with an ankle. It could be something that lingers. So uh, for him to get back as quickly as he can is very encouraging. Yeah, especially like in the moment when it happened, it, I think he was saying like, oh, man, I broke it, you know, stuff like that. So uh, really encouraging. And and I'm with you. I love that gap. You know, you got Florida State Saturday, UConn next Tuesday, but then it's like 10 days off before Kentucky. So that's good news. Coach, I'm just going to say the name Elliot Cadeau, and I just want you to talk about what a special breakout performance this was from him. I love Elliot Cadeau. I mean, I just, I mean, from the summer, uh, seeing him play against Cole Anthony and uh, just going at him. The, the thing that I'm looking forward to is when he starts making shots. And he didn't make a shot last night. He didn't have to, you know, to score 100 points and him not have to. But I know how good a shooter he is. We all do. And when that happens, um, it's going to be, goodness gracious, it's going to be so hard. But the thing I love about him is his decision-making, but also um, his ability to see a player to a head, and that's a special gift. Not everybody has that ability to do that. But not only to be able to see where the ball needs to go, but the ability to execute that. Because you've got hands and you've got length and you've got quickness, and he's able to gauge all that where he could still um, – he had one early to Armando where he literally he caught it and hit him in the chest, and Armando, I think, got fouled. Uh, I look at the shot clock. It was 26 seconds on the shot clock when he got fouled on a layup underneath the goal. Um, 
and two, that's two things. One, I mean, it took the pass to get, you know, to him to get it to Armando, but Armando was there. Armando was underneath the goal in, in four seconds, too. And uh, I know Armando didn't look great some in, in uh, you know, in the Bahamas, but his his conditioning looks better than it's ever been. He's been running the floor great. And when he when he wants to, I think he's as fast as any big man, uh, you know, from end to end as, as we've had in a little while. Um, the, the Tyler Zeller days where, you know, you just look up and they're already underneath the goal. And he looks like, uh, of course, Zeller's been, been mentoring him, too. So I think that has an effect. But um, that was the encouraging to me, to me is that Elliot is just so willing to get the ball to the right place at the right time and has that ability to get it there. I mean, 10 assists, zero turnovers. And going back to the Bahamas, he, like, in, in that whole stretch, 11 assists, one turnover. So that means in the last four games, Homie is sitting at 21 assists against one turnover, coach. I mean, this is a freshman playing his seventh college basketball game. I just, it, and it, this is only the tip of the iceberg, folks. So buckle up, get ready. Now, we also wanted to talk about RJ. Uh, we also want to talk about Harrison Ingram, but we're, we're running short on time. So let me just quickly say, one of the, the most impressive thing to me was as Carolina was trying to weather the storm that Tennessee brought in the second half. And listen, kudos to the Vols for fighting back in this game because they could have packed it up and driven back to Knoxville at halftime and called it good. But man, they made it a game and they made it nervous inside the Smith Center. But every time there was uh, some pressure, RJ responded really well. And I loved how different it was from last year where Carolina would get into one of these situations and it's just like, oh, let's throw the ball around the perimeter and let Caleb jack up a deep three late. RJ was not content to do that. He was getting to the rim. Uh, he was, you know, making shots from the outside. Love that. Finishes with 27 points. And we haven't even talked about Harrison Ingram, who has another Harrison Ingram game, 20 points. This dude's shooting almost 50% from three, coach. And it's like he was kind of one of the Oh, hopefully we get some good three-point shooting from Harrison Ingram. And so just great stuff from both those guys as well. There's so many guys on this team that are able to contribute in so many different ways. And you never know who it's going to be or what it's going to be from night to night. All right, we need to keep going here because we got to get to our four corners recap and the shady stat of the game. We're going to hit all of those in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing my skills on prize picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You can just quickly and easily turn $10 into $250 if you got the skills to do so. Prize picks is a really simple way to play. You just make your picks, submit your entry, and you can do that in less than a minute. After that, it's quick withdrawals. Um, they've got an enormous selection of players and stat types to make it the number one daily fantasy sports app. Just you against the numbers. You pick more or less on two to six players stat projections. For example, I love this fun combo. They've combined Dak Prescott's passing yards tonight against Seattle on Thursday night football with Bo Nix's passing yards in the Pac-12 championship game tomorrow night for Oregon. And the total is 604 and a half. You just pick more or less. How fun is that? That's super cool. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, coach, let's get to the four corners recap where we give four other critical things we thought made a big difference in this game, and then we'll give our shady stat of the game. So, coach, I'm going to let you go first. What is your 
for number one in the four corners recap? I think my biggest uh, takeaway from last night is just the the uh, the ability offensively to to just take down a big a, the number one defensive team out there. Uh, to be able to push the tempo, to be able to play. I mean, I think it's as simple as it is. Everybody sees it. But yet, to me, 61 points, you said it, uh, second time ever Rick Barnes is getting up 100 points. The offense was fantastic. And I'd like to focus on the on the positive because the defense wasn't so great second half. <laughs> I just want to focus on the positive and, and the efficiency of it and how well they, they – again, we've talked about chemistry for – I mean, all, since the summer we've been talking about the chemistry. And the chemistry last night showed how well they like to play together. The energy was there. The, the sharing of the basketball was there. And it felt like Carolina basketball was back last night. Mm. And uh, that was the big thing. It was just really exciting. The way we all love to see Carolina basketball be played, it was back last night. Love that. Uh, four Corners recap number two. Carolina, I already said, salted this game away at the line, and they had to do so with Cormac Ryan, who was a phenomenal free throw shooter sitting on the bench. Now, thankfully, even when Cormac Ryan's out, you've got the number one career free throw shooter uh, at in Carolina history out there in the form of R.J. Davis, who is at 85% for his career, even above Shaman Williams. It's ridiculous stuff. But what I loved is it was not just R.J. It was R.J. and Elliot. Elliot has not been great from the free throw line early this season. Coach, I think it's fair to say. But RJ, four for four at the free throw line in the final 91 seconds. Elliot Cadeau, four for four from the free throw line in the final 91 seconds. This young man has moxie. He's got that steeled nature inside where he's going to make clutch plays down the stretch. Now, we hope he gets to the point where, as Coach said earlier, he's hitting shots in-game and during the game. But I see something in in the probably the biggest game you've played in to this point in your college career, step into the line and knocking those down. And then obviously, uh, Coach Pat Kilby on yesterday's show had said the critical thing he was looking for was Carolina getting to the free throw line and knocking them down uh, against a Tennessee team that's going to send you there. Well, Carolina took 38 free throws, made 32 of them, Coach. Tennessee only took 16. That's that old Roy Williams philosophy is we want to make more than our opponents take. Carolina doubled up. They made 32 to Tennessee's 16 attempts, shot 84.2% from the strike. Ironically, last night, I we played last night, so I didn't get to see the game live. I had to watch it this morning. Um, but on the radio, it's Funny to say I was listening to the game on radio in, in uh, 2023, but um, the the announcers for UT were saying, hey, we, we got to get uh, no, he's the guy to foul. We got to foul him. We got to foul him. And I'm sitting there in the car saying, go ahead, foul him, you know, because he is a gamer and he is that type of guy who, uh, yeah, he may be shooting 55, 56 percent before with the game, whatever he was from the free throw line. But I had faith. I knew he was going to make, you know, uh, those free throws down because he's a winner. And that's what it's what he does. He's going to win those big he wasn't scared of the moment. He's, uh, you know, events in, in his life and for him to step up and make those four. We knew RJ is going to make his. But when you have both guys in the backcourt making their free throws, uh, it, it makes it, I mean, very, very dangerous team. Very, very dangerous team. And those are the guys that are going to have the ball. So in a normal game where Cormac Ryan's out there, boy, I'm feeling great about Carolina's ability. Go ahead. Foul away, friends. We're going to salt this game. game. I love it. 
Game over. That's right. Sign it, Sharpie, whatever you want to do. Let's go home, get the keys out, and warm up the bus. Coach, Four Corners recap, point number three. What you going with? My, my big one right now is Harrison Ingram is better than advertised. Uh, I don't think anybody expected it. We thought, well, maybe he could contribute a little bit. Maybe he's that fourth piece. Uh, he's part of the big three in my mind right now. And uh, he's been playing great at both ends. He's raised his level at the defensive end, too. I think people were saying, well, he's he's maybe a step slow. He's not super athletic, but he's so strong and he's got great feet. So he stays in front of people. He can rebound. Um, I don't think anybody expected. I know I, I'll just say I did not expect him to shoot the ball what he has from the three-point line. I mean, he's just been fantastic. And now uh, he, I mean, goodness gracious, he's got another option out there. Uh, after Armando, after RJ, to sit there and say you, you got to be able to guard this guy too, and then you got Cormac standing wide open in the in the corner, and uh, and geez, I mean, offensively they just got so many weapons now, and when he's playing the way he's playing right now, Tar Heels are really good. Yeah, that that ball movement to get when Cormac had that open three in the corner, I think it was a kick out from Armando to Elliott, swung it to RJ, swung it to Cor- I mean, it's just so fast and and what you said about Harrison he is he's second on the team in made for in made threes 16 just one behind RJ but he's shooting 48 and a half percent the thing I've been saying about Harrison is when he doesn't have to be the man it allows him to be the man meaning uh at Stanford he had to be the man because there was just wasn't the talent level around him that no disrespect to Stanford it's just what they have on their roster but his skill sets really shine through when he's able to do everything, and that elevates him to that to that player that we saw coming out of high school. That's what he is on this team. So when he doesn't have to be the man, he can become the man, and that's what I love. Coach, the fourth on the Four Corners recap for me is that three-point shooting. After the first three games of this season, we were kind of scratching our heads a little bit like, this isn't what this team is supposed to be or we think is going to be. And I'll tell you what, since then, in the three games at Atlantis and on Wednesday night against Tennessee, we're starting to see what we expected to see out of this team. In last night's game against Tennessee, 12 of 28 from the three-point line, 42.9%. I mean, good grief. If you, I, I would be happy if we're shooting 35% a game, but to get up over 40 like that for a game, again, against the top defense in the nation per Ken Palm is something insane to see. All right, let's wrap this up with the shady stat of the game. And then, Coach, I'll see if you got any closing remarks or stats or anything you want to share as well. And for me, it's my favorite stat to talk about, assist percentage. Carolina, 19 assists on 28 made field goals. That's the most assists they've had in a total this season. But also, 67.9 assist percentage. That is the first time over 60% this year, far and away the best assist percentage they've had. There is no reason, Coach Rob, that this cannot be a consistent and regular thing for this team. I know that in this day and age, we're going to get a little bit more iso ball. I I get that we're going to see that. But the way this team passes and shares and moves it, as you talked about earlier, so quickly. There's no reason we can't see this every time they step on the floor. Absolutely. And that's uh, it, it, the Elliott Cadeau factor. And I think that's contagious as well. When you see one guy sharing the basketball, it makes everybody want to share the basketball. And uh, you, to, to not turn the ball over, you have to be at a high intensity level mentally as well as physically. And they, they were able to do that, made great decisions, were able to, to share the basketball. I just love seeing um, – 
Hubert talked about in his, his press conference about how to finish possessions, even when your play doesn't work. Can they create something in and have players make plays? And that's they did a great job of that last night, being able not just to get caught into that one-on-one uh, late second shot clock. They were still able to create quality shots after the play broke down. To me, that's a huge sign of how quality the talent and the quality of the talent all across the board is with this team. So um, those, those are huge stats for us. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that out because I love Coach Davis talking about that. And then we got to see it played out on Wednesday night immediately after he talked about it. Like, I think that is the sign of this veteran team not freaking out. They know we're going to find a shot. They know we keep moving the ball and it's going to work. And to your point, just nine turnovers in this game. Uh, and and that's, again, credit to this backcourt. Not only did Elliott have 10 assists and zero turnovers rj had only two assists but zero turnovers when that's what your backcourt is doing you got a chance to win every single game oh man coach what a fun game to get to talk about i mean we haven't even touched the depth of everything we could unpack from this game but we got to get out of here folks so fun hopefully carolina is going to be able to keep this momentum going when florida state comes to town on saturday Florida State, by the way, who choked away on Wednesday night, a 17-point lead in the final six and a half minutes at home against Georgia. Yikes. Coach, that is not a good sign for Coach Leonard Hamilton's basketball team. Friends, uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us. It's so good to be together and to celebrate this victory. Uh, We'd love for you to come join our Discord again. The link is in the show notes. We're having great conversation all the time in there. If you'd rather, though, you can also email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You can follow both of us and the show on Twitter. like to remind you to subscribe, smash the like button, and we'd love to hear your comments on this game. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your Thursday hanging out. I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Talk to you again tomorrow to get you ready for that Florida State game. But until then... Peace.